before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a luxury agent looking for a host agency? TravelQuest offers luxury partners to make you look like a rock star to your clients. In-country partners offers vetted suppliers in over 80 countries, all at your fingertips. They tailor trips to your clients' dreams. Visit us at www.tqagents.com or call us at 800-357-HOST. Remember TravelQuest, we are the best. You're listening to Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 8. A big, warm Minnesota welcome to all of our first-time listeners, and of course, huggles to those of you that are joining us for yet another episode. Exciting news on the HAR front. So if you haven't heard, we've officially launched our new website, HAR 2.0. Now, if you haven't taken a peek yet, make sure to visit and check out the new features like consortia profiles, the ability to ask and read Q&As on the host franchise or consortia profiles. And then one of my favorites is the slick new filtering functionality. So you can search for hosts and consortia by all sorts of different parameters like size, location, requirements, and more. TAC is an audio series produced by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. You can find a transcript and show notes from today's interview at hostagencyreviews.com TAC. Today, we've got Madeline Jawar on the show, owner of Italy Beyond the Obvious, and it is a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious episode. Uh, if, you've, if you're inspired by her business model and want to learn more about how she does it, make sure to stay tuned at the end of the show for a special deal on Madeline's training that she has coming up. And shh, it's an exclusive deal just for TAC listeners. So before we jump in, Elizabeth WZ, I hope you're listening because I wanted to say a special thank you for your review. You said, I just discovered this podcast and listened to all five episodes this weekend. I'm considering a career change to becoming a travel agent. I've already learned so much from listening to the podcast and exploring their website. Please make more podcasts. Well, we are now up to eight episodes, so you can binge listen as much as you want. And go ahead and send us a note at hello at hostagencyreviews.com, Elizabeth, because we want to send you out some hard goodies as a thank you for your review. Now, let's get on to the good stuff. Top of the morning to you, my little bumblebees. Or evening, afternoon, middle of the night, whatever best fits your situation. Uh, this is Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews, and I'm thrilled to be your host for today's show. For those of you that have been listening to Travel Agent Chatter for a while, you may recall that I usually give a shout out at the end of the podcast to see if anyone has any suggestions for a good agent to be on the show. And let this be on the record that Madeline came from one of those emails. So here's the deal about Madeline. What caught my eye about her agency is that 80% of her income is from fees. You heard that right, 80%. And of course, this piqued my curiosity, and I needed to chat with her more on how she's making this happen, which brings us to today. Um, every year, HAR does an annual fee survey to help agents get a pulse on how many agents are charging fees, what amounts they're charging, and their model for charging fees. And it's that time of year where we're collecting data for the survey. So you can visit hostagencyreviews.com slash fee survey to take this year's survey. We're giving out $200 worth of gift cards to participants and Everyone that takes the survey will be able to compare their results to the industry at large. And to piggyback on the HAR fee survey, today's episode is for those of you needing some inspiration on charging service fees, some inspiration on ways to grow your email list, and how to position yourself as the destination or niche expert that people will pay thousands of dollars in service fees to tap into your expertise. So here's the itinerary for today's show. First, we're going to talk about focusing on Italy. Next, fees and services. We'll follow that with website. And we'll wrap it up with our warm, fuzzy segment. So take it easy and kick off your shoes. It's time to enjoy the show. Madeline, welcome to Travel Agent Chatter. Hi, Steph. Thank you. Yes. So everyone, Madeline is the founder and owner of um, Italy Beyond the Odd. Uh, 
obvious. And we have so much to chat on today. So she's just a treasure trove of information. And I don't want to spend too much time on your background, Madeline, but I think it's super important that people understand how deep your experience with Italy runs. Um, so give us a quick synopsis of, of how you came to start Italy beyond the obvious, because you have a long track record with Italy. I do. I um, lived in Italy for five years, not all in a row, though. So I started uh, as an exchange student and then moved back as a tour guide for Butterfield and Robinson after college. And I led hiking and biking tours for them for a year and a half-ish, three seasons. And then I went back for a couple of different summers as a nanny. And then I went back again for two and a half years and lived in Milan um, and worked in global operations for a company that distributed semiconductors. So um, in between, people just kept, once you work as a tour guide for Butterfield and Robinson, people are like, where should I go? What should I do? So for 10 years before starting Italy Beyond the Obvious, I was answering those questions for friends and family. Where should I go? What should I do? I'm going to Italy. And I'd be, and it was my favorite topic of conversation. So I was like, oh, how much time do you have? What's your budget? You know, <laughs> do you have kids? How many people, what are the travelers like? And so I was really just doing it for fun. Um, and then 10 years ago, um, I decided to put up a website and charge fees and see what would happen. And yeah, that was the beginning. Well, well, that's a great segue into talking about how um, your deep expertise in Italy positions you to be a really successful agent. Um, so right now, you're currently bringing in an income of over six digits from selling Italy and only Italy. And when you and I were talking, we discussed how it's tough to track your sales since you don't follow a traditional travel agency business model, as in, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know that you book 2 million in sales or whatnot. Um, but we talked through some numbers and we estimated that you'd be around like 1.5 to 2 million in annual sales, uh, which to me makes you immediately qualified as an Italy booking whiz. And I think everyone listening would agree with that. Um, and for those of you that are listening, um, there's two people in Madeline's agency, but Madeline, you're the only one that books travel, correct? Your assistant um, does kind of back-end stuff for you. Um, she actually does, um, uh, most of the bookings. So oh, I bookings. interface with the clients and I put together all the, uh, pieces and then she does all the book. She books everything. Okay. So one of the interesting things also about Madeline's business model is, um, like for some of her clients, she actually doesn't do bookings for them. She just does consulting, but, um, what will kind of be, chatting on, I guess, later on in the podcast is about how Madeline charges these service fees um, so that she's not being compensated. She may get compensated from the different vendors, but more like she's relying on these service fees and not on these commissions. So when she's booking things, she may be booking a lot of things direct, but that's a um, putting the cart before the horse. So um, because you're so, um, your expertise is so deep with Italy, um, I know that our listeners would love to hear a few in the know Italy tips from someone that has that type of experience. So what are like, let's say three tips for those of us, um, that are less in the know about Italy that we could use to impress people interested in booking Italy? Sure. Just um, good tips, too, that agents could tell their clients that are going to Italy that would make the agent look good in terms of like, hey, heads up, insider information. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one thing is I always put a shawl in my bag um, when I'm going to Italy in the summer because you cannot enter churches or places of worship with covered um, without covered shoulders. So it can be the thinnest. It can be almost like a transparent shawl that crumples up into a teeny tiny ball and you can throw it over your shoulders. And even if it's 90 degrees outside, you know, you get to wear those spaghetti strap tops or whatever, but you can just, you're then not limited, you know, you won't be turned away. Um, so that's one thing. 
um, and then nobody gets stuck, you know, not not being able to go into a, a, a church or to see, you know, there's some beautiful art in churches in Italy, even if you're not going in for religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, a second kind of trick to know is I get this reaction from, you know, 90% of my clients is in Italy, uh, the restaurants don't even open until about 7.30 p.m. for dinner. And at 7.30 p.m. is when you get that kind of early bird feeling. So if you want like the buzzing Italian dinner hour and you want to eat with the Italians, you need to eat dinner, you know, eight or eight 30 or nine. Um, and so people, when I tell my, we book restaurant, we do all our clients restaurant reservations. So when we're discussing this with them, they're often like, Oh my God, we eat dinner at you know 6 PM. <laughs> we can't eat dinner at nine. And especially if you have kids, they're like, our kids go to bed at eight. They can't be sitting down for dinner at nine. So we have this conversation with people all the time. And so one, um, and you know, plenty of people are happy to adjust and and eat when the locals eat, and that's fine. But especially even at the beginning of the trip, when you're jet lagged, and and they're like, we just have what can where can we eat at 6 p.m. So a good trick um, is to find uh, wine bars and to eat dinner at wine bars. Um, and the great thing about wine bars in Italy is that they do allow children. Um, So there's no age limit and they have limited menus. So you want to find many of them do. Um, So you just want to find you want to take the wine bar approach and that'll make you look good as an agent. You'll be like, you know, the Italians don't eat dinner till nine o'clock, but I've booked made you a reservation at this awesome wine bar. And it might have, you know, it'll have a limited menu. So you might be like you might have, you know, two options for pasta and um, or it might be kind of more like cheeses and meats and a side salad or something. Um, and so that's a great way to kind of help your clients eat early and, you know, get adjusted to the time difference. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend, yeah, are- yeah, would you recommend um, that they book reservations for any wine buyer that they're going to, or is that just kind of a precaution you take because you do such white glove service? I definitely recommend having a reservation that you might cancel rather than not having a reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another, uh, I'll, my, I'll make my other, my, another restaurant related tip. Like it's always what I do for people that are like, oh, I want to go with the flow. I want to explore. I want to check out the places and find my own place and discover my own restaurants and walk around and see what looks buzzing. And I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. You can definitely do that. However, I'm going to make you a dinner reservation for the very first night that you're in a town because you're arriving in the town. You know, what you want to avoid is walking around in high season with a family of four where everybody's hungry at dinner time. and, And you want to find that, you know, the place that has the good food and the great atmosphere and the authentic, you know, all of that. And and it's it's dinner time and everything's full and the restaurant you're like, that looks cute. Oh no. They're, you know, the restaurants in Italy get, you know, we make our restaurant reservations, uh, for our travelers a week to two weeks in advance. And, mm-hmm. um, to me, if it's a week in advance, it's already late. Like I'm already hoping that I can get them a table. Um, so they do, you know, if there's a place, so, so I definitely say make a reservation for the first night you're in a new city. And then after dinner, take a walk, go walk through the neighborhood or on the way back to the hotel or whatever and check out places that that you think look great, that are buzzing, that are full of locals, read the menu, um, and then then pop in and make a reservation for the following night or for, you know. And so that's a great strategy for then being able to discover your own places but also not get stuck. Mm-hmm. Those are fantastic tips. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Um, and actually, so... On Madeline's site on Italy Beyond the Obvious, there's there's a great um, resource that I'll link to in the show notes. It's Italy Travel Tips, um, and there's tons of great tips, like insider tips, like what we just went over um, on that blog post. So I'll link to it um, if anyone's interested. And we're going to just jump right in to our next segment, Fees and Structures. And I, while I... I want to believe that people hopped on here to listen to me complain about how I'm paying a fee for a GPS tracking collar for Rigel after we learned that, and I'm not sure how he did this, but he, he's let himself into two of our neighbor's houses. And so they come home and they come running out because there's this huge dog in their house that they don't know. So we're not going to be talking about the fees for Rigel's (laughs) GPS tracking collar, but, um, 
your fees are more applicable to our listeners. Um, you have three plans that you offer. And I'll link to those again in the show notes because everything's very well laid out on the site um, and it's very transparent. So would you mind explaining your fee structure and like what's included? Sure. Yeah, I have um, three levels of service. Um, And as you say, my uh, goal is to be very transparent so that people know what I do and what I don't do and how much it costs. Um, And uh, that's important because, I mean, Probably listeners will, uh, you know, agents uh, can 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 work with the same clients year after year after year after year because one year the client is going to Brazil and the next year they're going to Thailand and clients that are only going to Italy I only work with people a couple of times um, and so I need to I need a high volume of requests and I need to turn those requests quickly into my clients and so my website is very transparent I want to really target the right client um, and so um, I want that client to recognize themselves in my services and say that's me that's what I need that's what I want yes I want to work with you and then my closing the amount of time I need to spend to close a client is very short, which it has to be if I'm going to actually be spending my time planning their trips and not um, talking to um, client after potential client, um, potential clients all day. So that's a little segue into why, why I'm so transparent. Um, And so I have a table of fees and services on my website and I have three different, and I've honed these over the years. Um, So there's kind of a low end, a middle of the road and a high end. Um, and the low end is, and I work only with independent travelers. So if someone, you know, contacts me and says, I have a, my very first passport and I want to go to Italy, I might say to them, you know, I don't know if I'm the best person for you to help plan your trip. Um, so I usually work with people who are pretty well traveled and have kind of been there and done that. They want to go a little deeper or they want to get off the beaten track or they have some kind of unusual request. You know, maybe they have some pretty strict um, dietary requirements or they're traveling with a, you know, a 90 year old and a two year old and they're not sure how to structure, structure the day. So I get a lot of, of that. So my lowest or I should say my cheapest, you know, most inexpensive level of service is what I call coaching. And it's um, for the person that just needs my advice and can go do all their own bookings. And so that's, they work with me um, over email and I have a very structured process and we focus on one piece of the process um, over seven days. And on each of the seven days, I tell them you get one hour of my time I tell you what to do and you then need to go do it all and you need to spend, it'll, it'll take you about 40 hours to then go, um, do your own trip. Um, and so that's a flat fee and that's 750, um, and is completely over email. Um, and then the other two services are my gold, uh, planning service and my platinum planning service. Um, and those are both where I own the project. Those are for people that say, I don't have time to do this. I want your expertise, but I also want you to do all the bookings and to just take care of everything and get everything done when it needs to get done. Um, and so the gold, um, which is $225 per travel day for, and this is for up to six travelers. Um, and that's, that's the, I call that the basics. So I'll put together the overall itinerary that includes the hotel bookings. It includes one activity per day. It includes one restaurant reservation per day. And then I do the logistics. Um, and then the platinum is, is more. So it's for people that want, um, full days. So they might want a morning activity, a lunch reservation, an afternoon activity. It also includes maps. It includes on-trip support. Um, and the on-trip support is, um, so my colleague, um, in, uh, Milan is available to them on their trip. And so on, so all of our trips, we have, you know, we have the emergency number for anyone. If we made a mistake, we're of course, by all means call us, but on trip support is more like, um, you know, cancel my dinner reservation or book me, you know, we heard, or, you know, we had someone who had an issue with their car and they had to return the rental car. And so we, we did everything ahead of time so that all they had to do was drive the rental car in and get the keys to the, to the new rental car and they didn't have to deal with the paperwork. Um, or we help people if they have to, you know, find a pharmacy or if they, um, need trans like 
instant translation. They can call Claudia and be like, this person is talking to me in Italian and I don't understand what they're saying. And so she's, she's a phone call away. Um, so stuff like that. So the platinum uh, level gets um, the Entrep support as well. And that is, that's kind of a range um, in terms of the fees, depending on what the traveler needs. And the range is, is um, 350 to $500 per travel day. Okay. And that's, so it's per travel today, day up to six travelers on the trip? Correct. Okay. Um, and so I guess the big question is, uh, for so many agents is how do you sell those service fees and, and how do you, did you become confident enough to charge them? So I started, um, because I was not trained as a travel agent, I had no, I was, I worked as a, Butterfield and Robinson guide. So I knew the pieces of the trip. I knew Italy's wow factor. I had all the connections with the, um, you know, the local wineries and the local everything. And I knew how to put, to, I knew how to put together the pieces of a trip. Um, and I kind of started looking at the travel industry as an outsider and I didn't get it. Like I didn't under, so I signed up for, you know, the, this, and this was 10 years ago, I signed up for the IOTA newsletter and I signed up for all these kind of travel agent industry newsletters. And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm sure they're great organizations, but I was like, this is kind of a waste of my time. Like I need to be planning trips for my clients. So I kind of more out of not frustration, but more because I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, I'm going to take this a different direction. I'm going to charge fees. And so I just said to myself, what do I have to, you know, I, my question was, what do I have to charge in order for this to be worth my time? Um, and that's just the question I kept asking myself over and over, um, uh, because I had left a corporate job. I was a global operations manager. I had a good salary at a corporation and I knew that I had valuable skills and I was like, this is only worth my time if I can earn a minimum X, you know? Um, and so when I started, um, I don't remember what I started at, but my fees were a little bit lower, but they weren't super low. Um, because I really was not earning any money from commissions. I didn't understand how that worked. And so I didn't earn, I, I didn't have any relationships with any, um, now I do have a host agency and so I can, I have an IATA number that I can use. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the time I, I, I wasn't using that at all. And so, um, but what ended up happening is, so a couple things. So it allowed me, to, when I knew I was getting paid, I could spend time on, um, things that, that in the end people said were really the, this kind of the secret sauce of their trip. And they were things that independent, that would allow independent travelers to really go beyond the obvious. And so f as an example, um, I would put together a Tuscany driving tour for them. So I would say, wake up at your hotel. It's a 20 minute drive to this town. Here's where you should park. Here are the three things you should see in this town. Here's, um, you know, where a bakery where you should try the local focaccia, get back in your car. It's a 30 minute drive to the next town. Here's where you park. And I, and I would put it and, you know, there's lots of things to consider to put together a, a day like that because, um, you know, in Italy, shops close after um, lunch, you know, from like about 1.30 or 1 until 4.30. So if I just kind of laid out recommendations, the, a you know, if, I, if somebody's reading a guidebook and they're like, oh, I'm going to go to this town and they show up and they're like, well, that was a ghost town. And, you know, and I've had this conversation in the past where they're like, oh, I went to Luca. It was a ghost town. And I'm like, well, do, what time are you there? And they said two o'clock. And I was like, well, yeah, all the shops are closed at two o'clock, you know. <laughs> Um, so, so there's a lot of time and effort and, and, and it's all customized, right? So it's like somebody likes cashmere. I'm like, we'll go to this Tuscan cashmere farm or somebody else likes pottery. And I'm like, here's my, here's an awesome pottery place. Or somebody else loves, you know, olive oil. I'm like, we'll hit this olive oil mill. Um, and so it can be a very custom experience, but yet they're independent travelers. And, um, you know, and so it's, it's a way for, um, me to get paid and me to spend time and me to create something like that. And then the, the client really has that connection to Italy and has a really good experience. And um, there's no, um, you know, everybody's happy. I get paid and the client has a good experience. Um, mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is I kept hitting capacity every year. So, you know, I started out, you know, kind of working part time and then it took me about three years to get to full time. And then 
Um, and then I would hit capacity um, in terms of what the number of trips I could handle. You know, these are very high touch trips and nobody goes to Italy for less than about a week. So all the all the trips I do are, I would say, a minimum of seven days. Usually they're closer to 10 days and then up to uh, usually three weeks. Um, my coaching, a lot of coaching clients are doing, you know, four or five, six week trips because nobody's going to pay me um, $300 a day for a six week trip. Um, okay. or maybe they will, but not many people will. Um, so most of my, um, uh, trips are tend to be two to three weeks. Um, and so, you know, I would hit capacity of what I could do. And so you're kind of four five and six, I'd hit capacity, raise my fees, hit capacity, raise my fees, hit capacity, raise my fees. And so I think it was year six where, um, I said, okay, I'm solid. I, I'm solidly in the, you know, the luxury travel space. And in order to, I think I'll in, now I need to increase my capacity. So then that's when I hired, um, my assistant. And so she's now been with me, um, for three. Well, by the, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hit full time after, um, two years, I think. Um, okay. and so then this, then in 2018, we increased the fees again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the market is there. I keep telling people, you know, people are afraid to charge fees. They're afraid to, um, you know, and the market is there. I mean, it's definitely there. Yeah. I, just to note for everyone that's listening, um, we have a travel agent salary survey we do every year. And like what we see is this trend in it. I saw it when I was at a host agency and worked with tons of agents is that, you know, what Madeline is saying that it takes three years usually until it's like a sustainable model. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so plan for that. But, um, and, and I'm also going to mention that Madeline works with agents as well that are um, nervous about charging service fees. And uh, she, you know, she does an hourly rate to coach you or talk with you about um, how you can become more confident in charging service fees. So, um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, because when you're talking about these extremely customized itineraries, when we were talking earlier, I just want to tell everybody that because you said last year you booked about 50 trips and you've been doing this for 10 years. So let's say between like 400 and 500 trips you've probably booked. Um, yeah. But you said right. you've never booked the same itinerary before. I've never done the same one twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never I've never oh, yeah. done the exact same itinerary twice. Right? Yeah, so that's just, I mean, that's amazing. That's a lot of trips to come up with and a lot of creativity. So, I mean, let me, I should clarify that. I've done lots of, you know, Rome, Florence, Venice. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the same hotel, the same guides, the same transfers, the same restaurants. I mean, all of yeah, that the same depends activities. on the travelers. Everything's different. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, because your model is so different, um, uh, and it's more custom, and you're not booking through vendors that often, tell us how you divvy up the payments. Um, meaning, like, do they pay it all at once, or, um, and then walk us through the booking process from the time they decide they say, "I want to book with Italy beyond the obvious." Like, how does that work from there? Um, so when they say, I want to hire you, um, I say, great, uh, I'll send, I'll send you an agreement. So I send the, so the, so I, so the coaching is prepaid, um, upfront and then I, and then it's all email. So I'll separate the coaching out from the gold and the platinum services. The coaching is, is more casual and it's seven, one hour blocks of my time and we move to the next step when I get the client feedback. And that's, as I say, prepaid PayPal via link on my website. Um, and so that's, that's, the sh- uh, that's how coaching is done. The gold and the platinum, um, 
I create an agreement and it says, you know, here's what I'm going to do for you. Gold services, X number of days at X per day is a total number of whatever, you know, total invoice of this. Um, and it has an agreement that we both sign that talks about liability, uh, talks about cancellation fees. Um, so we're both on the same page in terms of what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do for the client. And then there's a 50% deposit um, that I ask for up front. Um, and 50% isn't, I was going to say, 50% is 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 not important if somebody if it's a if it's six thousand dollars in fees and the client kind of bulks at that I'll it's it's just a deposit to get on my calendar is what I tell them because there are lots of people that say they want to work with me and I'm like well as soon as I get your deposit you know then you're on my calendar mm-hmm. um, so and then once I get the deposit then I own the process um, and so then I take over and I uh, I have a five-step travel planning process um, you know with as you can imagine with juggling this many trips you know I, we, I do a lot of you know trip of a lifetime bucket list trip you know multi-generational trips you know grandma's taking the whole family and um, so I do a lot of very kind of uh, important, I guess, I don't know how, how you'd call it important. I mean, I know all agents do. So, but you know, these are like trips that people have yeah, saved clergy. up for for years. And, and so often I work with people for, you know, nine months before departure. So even though we did 50 trips in 2017, you know, for, for many of those months, I would look at my, my roster of clients, clients, and I would have 30, 30 trips going at the same time. So I have a very, very structured five-step uh, travel planning process, and um, I just kick I, 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 I kick the kick the process off with the client agreement as soon as I get their deposit. Um, and then as soon as I'm done working with them, I send them the invoice for the other fifty percent. Okay. And then so with your five step process, can you give like a high level overview of like what does the first step involve? Yeah, sure. Um, the first step is the overall itinerary, and um, that is the most important step. And that is where I send. I have um, uh, some standard questions for people um, so that I can I can get to know them. I want to know have they been to Italy before? If they have, where did they go? If they haven't, have they been to Europe? If they haven't been to Europe, have they been to you know foreign countries where they speak different languages? Um, so I want to get a sense of how independent they are. I want to know if they're okay driving or if they prefer to take the train. I want them to tell me about their accommodation preferences, all that kind of general stuff. And then, you know, is there anything specific they want to see? Um, and then based on their feedback, I will send out link, specific links to things that I think they would love. Um, so I'll say, you know, you mentioned that you want to go to the beach. So you could go to, you know, the Ligurian coast, um, you know, near the Cinque Terre or near Portofino, or you could go to Puglia or you could go to, you know, Sicily. Or So I'll just kind of throw out ideas based on their feedback. And then I wait. And then based on my um, initial ideas, they say to me, you know, yes, definitely want to include this, this not so much, this is a maybe. Um, and then based on that, I put together their itinerary. And of course, that's also dependent on how many days they have and their budget and, you know, the other considerations. They they told me, like, if they definitely don't want to rent a car or if they definitely do want to rent a car. Um, so that's step one. That's the step one is the overall itinerary. Okay. And then you also send um, a, a pre-check. Is this one of the steps when you send the pre-trip checklist and then do a call two weeks before departure? Uh, that's ever after everything's done. Oh, so, that's not even one um, of the steps. <laughs> no, that's not. So step two, no. So the steps are all about, um, so the step two is, is the accommodations. And I do hotels, but I also do farmhouses and apartments. And every now and again, someone wants me to book an Airbnb for them, mm-hmm. which I will totally do. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit, of a pain because I do not want to be the person that the Airbnb owner is texting to say, where are you? I don't see you on the corner. So I make the client, so the client, I make the clients do those bookings because I don't want to be the, the bottleneck, but I will book Airbnbs for sure. Um, and so the accommodations is the second step. Um, and then tours and guides and activities are the third step and logistics are the fourth step and food is the fifth step. And then once everything is all finished, then we get into the kind of pre-trip um, preparation. So that's where I send out the pre-trip checklist and 
Um, we review all the kind of general travel things they need to know just to get prepared for um, their trip to Italy. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And and um, you also use access um, so your clients can have a mobile itinerary, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So they get everything um, on the access app. And oh. then, yeah, they and I always tell them to print it, of course, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great tip. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, you need you need a paper backup. Yes, I mean touch wood, you don't get pickpocketed. I mean we could have a whole segment on safety when traveling to Italy, but um, yeah, you you need the paper backup. Well, um, I'll also link to uh, it, if those of you listening haven't heard of Access App before, it's like an itinerary app that's um, popular with travel agencies. So I'll link to their um, site in the show notes. Well, let's move into the next section, which is websites. And I want to focus on your website um, for a little bit because you use it to showcase your knowledge so well. Uh, for those Thank of you, you. I, you really do. For those of you listening, if you're looking for inspiration on how to use a site to curate better quality leads, um, you'll want to take a look at Madeline's site. Um, I, I mean, as we saw earlier, like she throws out like insider tips to traveling Italy. She throws them out like they're candy and they're just like all over the website. So um, what I like about it is, is that so many agents hold their cards close um, because they don't want their clients to take their knowledge and book online, which, you know, is not unfounded. Um, because that happens to every single agent out there. But you take a different approach and you're like, here's my expertise. This is what I know. Um, and you use your, it seems like you use your website to, to vet clients. So they're totally sold on you before they are even reaching out to you. Um, is that kind of, when you said, because you had talked about how you, you were really deliberate in how you built the site and the things you write um, with your website. Did that, did this kind of idea play into how you built your site? Oh, definitely. And this was not, you know, this is something that I, in hindsight, I can say, yes, I built it like this, but in reality, it was a zigzag journey that ended up (laughs) You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not like 10 years ago, I sat down, I was like, I'm going to build a site that's ideally optimized for SEO and totally targeted to the perfect client. And they're just going to find me. I mean, that's how it ended up, but it was not a straight and clear, you know, there were lots of times when I was fumbling around and changing things and modifying things, but that, so that is, I mean, I could say if that's, if there's a secret sauce, that is the secret sauce. So, Mm -hmm. and it's for me, right? It's, it's the, it's when you're a destination expert like me, when you work with clients only two or three times, because they're only going to go back, they're going to, you know, they're going to work with me once and they're going to say, we had an amazing trip. And, you know, now we want to pull out that B list of all the things that we didn't do last trip. We want to go back to Italy and they'll work with me again. And then they'll come back and they'll be like, now we want to go somewhere else, right? So I need a lot of new clients. And the way that, I mean, at this point, I'm at 50% referrals. So that's great. Um, but I don't spend any money on marketing because my website, because I've spent so much time and effort um, building a website so that people find me on my website. And uh, what you said is true. People find me and they're ready to go, you know, and I, 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 may, I really spend a lot of time trying to put some personality in there. And so I write about my background and I, and I'm, you know, I stuck my neck out. This was, this was a, a transition for me in the early days. Um, you know, I was the person that would always give free Italy advice and I loved doing it. And so for the transition for me to say, okay, now you have to pay me for this advice that I've been giving out for free for years, mm-hmm. that was a big transition to say this is now a business and I'm not you know and 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 I have I have I now am very comfortable um with that I used to be like well now I have to charge I know I used to give it for free but now but now I'm like okay um if this if, if I can answer this off the top of my head no problem I'll answer it if it requires 
me to take the time to spend time to go into my files, then I need to charge for it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of come back, comes back to your point earlier. I'll get, I'll get back to the website in a second, but I didn't want to forget to address this important point earlier where you said, you know, um, people might keep their information close to them because they don't want their clients to go book it. And I think here you just have to showcase how kind of nuanced um, the options are. And so let's just take Rome and let's just take the Vatican and Rome as an example. And let's say that your client was like, oh, I saw a great Vatican tour. Well, when I talk to my clients about a Vatican tour, I'm like, okay, do you want a private guide? Or do you want a small group tour? Or do you want a large group tour? Or do you want to visit it on your own with the headset? And if you do, here's what you should know. And do you want to add St. Peter's to that tour? And you should know that it's a three-hour tour. It's a four-hour tour. And do you want to do anything else in Vatican City? And do you want a lunch reservation? Would you prefer a morning tour? Would you prefer an afternoon tour? And oh, by the way, did you know that there's a Friday night tour? And did you know that you can take a train to the Pope's, you know, summer palace in addition? And, you know, by the way, you shouldn't do the Colosseum on the same day as the Vatican. And so, like or your brain will like explode from <laughs> historical information, right? So I think, yes, you can put one, you know, maybe you have that one guide or that one tour or that one thing that you absolutely love, but there are so many options out there and so many shades of gray. And once you start talking to the client and, and give them the opportunity to have a personalized recommendation, that's where the value is. Like anybody can go onto Viator and be like, oh, 1,200 five-star reviews, great. And then you get to the tour and you're like, there are 30 people on this tour. I can't hear the guide. Um, and you're spent thousands of dollars to come to Italy and you have a reservation that for the Vatican that, you know, is you booked a month in advance and now all the tickets are sold out. And so this is the only option. Um, and you just have to make people understand that, you know, you're picking the best option for them. And so, um, you know, my post about um, the Uffizi Gallery, I mean, the, the Uffizi Gallery is actually a really good, good example of a post on my blog where I'm like, here are all the ways to see the Uffizi Gallery. Here are all the ways to buy tickets to the Uffizi Gallery. Like, great, go, you know, go do it. But it's, but you're in Italy for two weeks and the Uffizi Gallery is going to be a two and a half hour tour. You know, you could spend an hour you know, figuring out the best way to visit the Uffizi Gallery and you've covered two and a half hours of your two-week trip. Or you could just hire me. I could get to know you. I could get to know all your personalized recommendations and I could be like, bam, 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 this Vatican tour, that Uffizi tour, this cute little, um, you know, winery in the countryside, this awesome off-the-beaten-path little town. Um, so I think you can confidently um, approach it like that and really show the client the value that you bring and not be scared of, um, you know, giving away, um, secrets. Okay. I, I think there's a lot out there and there's a lot of different solutions. Um, but back to the website, cause it's super, super important. Um, the way that, um, the, 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 I've spent a lot of time, um, uh, I actually hired, I have this awesome, I, I re actually recommend, um, do having a, uh, SEO uh, person, if, you, if you're not familiar with SEO. So there's um, Google works with this, they use the acronym EAT, and I think it stands for like expert authority, uh, trustworthy or something like that. And so Google um, will direct people to websites that are, that have a high EAT. Um, you know, so that are that demonstrate that they're experts, demonstrate that they're an authority and demonstrate that they're trustworthy. So the more people you help, the more people that are going to, you know, find the information on your website useful, the more, higher you're going to rank with this expert authority, trustworthy thing in Google and the more people that are going to find you organically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, that's exactly if anyone's ever checked out host agency reviews, which I'm assuming you have if you're listening to yeah. this, but, um, you know, that's the exact same thing. We just write really in-depth content on what we know and, you know, Google recognizes that people really like the content and they share it and they stay on your page for a long time. They're not bouncing off of it right away. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly what you guys do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I love your website. Thank you very much. Um, well, 
we'll link to your article um, on the Uffizi Gallery uh, so people can take a look at that too to to get an idea for the nuances that that they can show clients. And um, I mean, it's worth noting before we jump into the next question that um, I recognize, you know, you're a, a special case in a lot of ways because you're specializing in Italy and only booking Italy and doing it really in depth versus, you know, someone that's selling more of a mass market product. Um, you know, they may think, yeah, it's a lot it's a lot easier to do if you're doing custom, but if you're doing mass market, you can't. But I think there's like a happy medium and to check out um, Madeline's site and to check out these blog posts and to get ideas for how you can do this for mainstream travel. Because I, I think that there's a way that they can come together and benefit the agent um, and mm -hmm. that you'll be able to get organic links from that. Well, and even, um, you know, I know all agents have areas of expertise. So even if maybe you have five countries that you do on a regular basis, or maybe you did a, um, a trip, uh, you know, and you can write about your trip and you can give details about where you stayed and what you did and the, you know, any, and any, any kind of specific details that you can put on your website that people can find helpful and can find is going to position you as an expert for that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, when you guys visit uh, Italy Beyond the Obvious, what you'll notice is there'll be a pop-up that happens and it'll um, get an opt-in offer for an ebook on how to drive in Italy. And as I was exploring the site, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a bad enough driver here in the States. Um, for the safety of all, I should read up on how to drive in Italy. And so I, I was taking a look at um, your ebook, Madeline, and it's, you can imagine my surprise and delight that I learned that I actually wasn't driving bad. I'm just actually driving Italian. So <laughs> you're an Italian driver. At yes. It, it turns out that Italians don't believe in stop signs. They believe in roll through signs, which makes total sense to me and what I practice on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, how, how successful has that? Cause the ebook is really attractive looking. And as I was going through it, there was of course, loads of great information. How successful has that been to help you in helping you build your email list? That's been the biggest um, factor in building my email list. I think probably two thirds of my people on my email list are uh, come through that free wow. ebook. Um, and the only thing I did to put together that ebook is I strung together a bunch of blog posts that I'd already written. Mm -hmm. So I've been writing, I've been writing about driving in Italy for years and, um, I just took all my blog posts and put them together in a PDF and that was the drive. And, you know, I formatted it a little bit and added chapters and stuff, but that was the, that was basically it. Yeah. So if you, if anyone listening wants to download it, to check it out, to get again, some inspiration, um, for their agency or just some Italian driving tips on how to properly drive, um, you can go to her site and there'll be a pop-up and, and Madeline also said, we'll also link to the, the, the PDF in there, um, in our show notes so that you'll be able to download the ebook without signing up for the newsletter. But, you know, if you're interested in, um, kind of seeing how Madeline markets, make sure to sign up for her, um, newsletter if you're interested in learning more about Italy. So. And I would also say, um, about driving in Italy, there is just, for agents that want to look good um, and give their clients a heads up, read the chapter on the ZTL zones. Um, so Italian historic city centers have limited traffic zones and they're all monitored with cameras um, and you cannot drive across them unless you have like a registered license plate. And so it'll, the camera will slap, snap a photo of the license plate and send a fine to the car rental company who will then add a processing fee and take it off the credit card of the person who rented the car. So it's very efficient and the fine arrives, you know, six months later and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so that's very efficient. <laughs> it's yes. And it's not a scam. And I get questions all the time, you know, this is a scam for tourists. I'm like, nope, 
not a scam. Italians that drive by these cameras get fines too. But the problem is that the signs are, you know, uh, easy to read by the Italians and they know what they look like and they can interpret, they can read them. And, you know, foreigners are looking around at a million signs and don't know that they should pay attention to this one sign that says do not enter. Um, mm-hmm. so, and you're thinking it says, come check out this beautiful historic portion of the town. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the do not enter is also a different symbol than it is here in the uh. U.S. Yeah, the, um, there's a lot of pictures in the ebook that of the signs and and what to expect and you know talks about mm-hmm. that zone. So um, the and I know you did this probably a couple years ago, but um, did you use Canva for formatting it, or you just kind of like did it in Word or something? I don't remember. You know, I do use Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, for that specific ebook, I don't remember. Okay. Um, I do not like Word. I use, I know it's more cumbersome. Oh, it's I, horrible. I use, actually, I use PowerPoint. It's, it's <laughs> horrible can, for designing. <laughs> I know, I know. I do, I love Canva. I do use Canva for um, like Facebook um, banners and all that. Um, but yeah, that ebook, I don't remember. Okay. We'll, we'll link to Canva for those of you that haven't heard of it or aren't using it. It's a great way um, if you're doing your own marketing materials to make it look professional, but really nice. So, um, mm-hmm. and for your pop-ups, you use um, Sumo, is that right? Yes, I love, so it's sumo.me, S-U-M-O.me, and I love Sumo.me. It's, um, it's just a plug-in, I guess you would call it a plug-in. I just mm-hmm. signed up for it, and it's, um, I pay for it now because I found it, um, it, it allows you to do A-B testing if you pay, if you do the paid version. So mm-hmm. you can like put up a pop-up. Um, for anyone that doesn't know what A-B testing is, you kind of look at version A and version B and see which one was more successful. So you do a pop-up and let's say the pop-up says travel to Tuscany and it has a picture of a Tuscan farmhouse. And then it says enter your um, email, enter your email here to sign up for our newsletter. And then that might be version A and version B, you change one thing. So maybe you just change the photo and the photo is, um, instead of a Tuscan farmhouse, maybe it's a beach or something like that. And then it, it shows different, um, pop-ups to different, it shows each pop-up 50% of the time. Um, and then you just see which one has the best conversion. So which people, you know, how, whether people sign up, you know, do, do people prefer the beach? Do they click out of the beach one and enter their email for the Tuscan farmhouse or vice versa? Do they enter their email and sign up for the newsletter when they see the beach and they click out of the Tuscan farmhouse? Um, and then based on that, you can you can uh, stop one and, and, and go with the one that's more successful. So um, I found that valuable enough that I pay for it, but there is a free version. Perfect. We'll, we'll link to it too for those that are interested, but it is a WordPress plugin. So if your site isn't on WordPress, um, you'd have to find something else. But we'll, um, I'll also link to our website article. So if you're in the process of deciding what type of website to make, if you want to do a third-party app or custom or do it yourself or hire it, um, we have a website all about like website options for travel agencies that we'll link to in the show notes. Well, let's see. On on your site, you have client testimonials, but during my stalking of you, um, I saw that you have a nice collection of reviews pretty much across the board. So you have it on Facebook, you have them on LinkedIn, you have them on Google. Um, how do you get these glowing reviews across a, a wide variety of platforms? Because usually I, I see when I see um, a company with reviews, they're usually focused in one place, but you kind of have them spread out. So how did that happen? So I used to only have reviews on my website. Um, And I, I mean, I, um, you know, I get, because I work with people for so many months, I really get to know them really well. And so uh, when they get back from Italy, I mean, people write me essays about their trip. (laughs) They write me, you know, 10 pages and send, they, they open up their Flickr albums to me and I get, you know, 200 photos. And so I get a lot of feedback. Um, and so I, and I always had wished that there was a third party play. So I would kind of lift sentences from their feedback and put it on my website testimonials page for years. Um, and I did this for years and then I was really, you know, I always wanted to be on TripAdvisor or something, but that 
that's just not, there's no Italy category on TripAdvisor. There was no category that I could use. So I can't be on TripAdvisor. And I always thought like a third party place for reviews would be better. Um, And so, yeah, I have a, a business page on Facebook and I just... Um, I kind of solicit it when people get, when people get back from their trip, I just say, you know, small businesses like mine, it's really, really, especially, you know, 50% of my clients are finding me online and, um, you know, in this day and age, everybody does their due diligence. And I just say, you know, the small business, a review is really important for small businesses like mine. And would you, you know, if you're on Facebook, um, would you, you know, leave me a review please? And people have, you know, they've been great about it. Although I will say that, um, I ask every single, um, client for review and I would say, you know, not every single client takes the time to, I mean, if they, if they can just write me a sentence in an email, hundred percent, they're all happy to do that. But if they, it's, it's amazing. Like, I'm like, all you have to do is click this Facebook link. Like that's it, (laughs) you know? And that seems to be a big step for some people. But, you know, I get it. Like, they're back from their trip. They're, like, jet lagged. They're behind on their laundry and their mail. And they're reminiscing in their memories. And they paid me, you know. Mm-hmm. From so um, so I don't, you know, I don't nag them. But I, I do. I'm, I'm quite persistent. And so, um, uh, you know, I do over the years I've gotten, you know, I get one Facebook review here and there and I've, I've recently started collecting Google. Um, Google isn't ideal because it puts me on a map. It, it's only, it's linked to my, um, local spot on Google maps. And so it's not, it's just, I mean, it's fine, but it's, it's not because I'm really a, an online business. It's it, being in Google maps isn't, isn't the kind of the right place, but, but it, it allows me to have online reviews. And so great, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Do you, um, do you ask them for specific, like, will you say, could you review me on Facebook? And then like every third one you say, can you do LinkedIn or no, you just like focus on one platform at a time. Well, I usually ask them if they're on these platforms first, like I'll usually say like, are you on Facebook? And if they say yes, then I'll say, here's the link to the review. Um, or I'll just say, you can review me on Facebook hyperlink, you know, um, Google hyperlink, um, LinkedIn is a little bit more tricky because like you and I are connected on LinkedIn, LinkedIn. So you can see the reviews, but you can't see them unless you're connected to the person. Uh, Um, which is annoying because I wish people could Google me and see my reviews on LinkedIn, but they can't unless mm -hmm. they're connected to me. So LinkedIn is, um, yeah, is less effective, I think, is left less effective in terms of reviews. Yeah, especially when you're doing B2C. So, like, in my yeah. line, B2B, it's, you know, it makes a lot of sense, which I actually, yeah, I hope no one goes on there because I <laughs> I, I barely have any, um, uh, any reviews or anyone um, giving a recommendation because I always forget to ask for that. But anyhow, I know it's hard. I know you have to remember to ask and follow up and yeah, um, I, I'm busy enough. It's just so hard to remember everything in life. I know, I know, I know. I can't even keep yeah. track of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's see. It's that time of the podcast again. And for those of you longtime listeners, you know that it's time for our warm fuzzy segment. So, um, and those of you that are new to the podcast, this is, um, we end each episode with a warm fuzzy segment um, with the idea that it just leaves people with this, well, you should be leaving this anyhow, even if we didn't have a warm fuzzy segment with this nice warm feeling because we just learned tons of great marketing um, information from Madeline. But um, the idea is that hopefully you can go out there and um, have a better day and hopefully pass along the kindness to some other people. So Madeline, you've given given us so many great tidbits already today and I'm going to ask you to give us one more. So help us close out with a warm, fuzzy client or otherwise whatever you'd like. Yeah, the uh, warm fuzzy that I was thinking I would share is something that one of my most recent um, clients told me when we were um, doing our debrief. And I should back up a little bit and kind of say, like, the reason that I love what I do is just I think that um, uh, understanding 
other cultures is so, so, so important. And travel is definitely a way to do that. And if you can connect to another culture, then I think that just like helps bring world peace, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, in my teeny tiny little way that I, you know, that's what I, that's what I, um, I love it when my clients come back and have that connection to that culture. And this one, um, uh, client came back and she said, I have to tell you that this trip opened my eyes. And she said, it made me realize that I want to retire. And when I retire, I want to move to Europe. And she said, I just couldn't believe it. The food, the art, the architecture, the culture, the energy in the piazzas, the, um, you know, the interaction between the people. And so it was so much more for her, so much more than a, a family vacation for her. It was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, thank you. This is why I do what I do. Like work, you know, connection between people across continents. Like how awesome is that? You know, um, it's not just, I'm going to go, um, you know, spend my money and, 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 Mm -hmm. and come home. It's like, there's that additional deeper, um, you know, connection Mm -hmm. between humans. So yeah, that just, that just made my, made my, uh, probably my week, my month, (laughs) my year, I don't know, (laughs) my year, (laughs) my career. No, that, that is why, you know, that's why I do what I do really. So yeah. Well, I heard that. that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, well folks, it's that time again, it's time to bid adieu. Um, well, actually I suppose I should be saying, Arrivederci. Can you say that for me, Madeline? Because I think I just massacred that. No, Arrivederci. Oh, that was so much more beautiful. Um, So if you like the show, make sure you don't miss out on any of our future shows and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you can find us by searching for Travel Agent Chatter. Um, And I'm not quite sure if, you know, they do smoke signals or they send a newsboy. But somehow those smarty pants at iTunes and SoundCloud will automatically deliver um, the newest episode to you. So, Madeline, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing so openly with us. You're very welcome. It was really fun for me, too. I, I love talking about all this. Perfect. Well, thanks again. And I will chat with the rest of you cats later. Find more details about Madeline's training on how to comfortably charge fees as well as her special deal with Just for TAC listeners in Episode 8 show notes at hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC. Host Agency Reviews is a review site, which means we really, really love us some reviews. If you have two minutes and like the show, it'd make me happy as a little clam if you jumped on over to iTunes or Stitcher and left us a review with your thoughts. And I'm not sure if you listened to our last episode, but I told you there was a surprise. And if you haven't seen it, all I'm going to say is that the surprise involved me ordering and wearing an inflatable T-Rex suit. To find the link to the video, go back and have a listen to episode 7. If there's a type of agent you'd like to hear more about on an upcoming show, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at hello at hostagencyreviews.com. We'll make sure to get back to you. Unless we're picking up Rigel at the police station for trespassing again. That's all for now. Until next time.